Hi, welcome to another episode of the Visual Politic Podcast. This one is the audio version of a video that originally released on our YouTube channel back in March, the 19th of March, 2019. It was basically about how the Falklands Islands uh, are getting rich. It was a couple of it was one of a couple of videos we did about the Falklands basically just having a bit of a look at their economy. I'm going to be jumping in with uh, anything that you need in this audio version. There were some visual elements, I think, that I need to explain in the video itself. So I'm just going to be jumping in from the future here to sort those out. And let's get into it. When we think of the Falkland Islands, we tend to think of them as a cluster of remote and inhospitable islands. Located about 400 kilometers from the wilds of Patagonia, the Falklands are made up of more than 700 islands but cover an area approximately 12,000 square kilometers big, making them bigger than Puerto Rico, Cyprus, or Lebanon. Yet despite their size, can you guess how many people live there? Well, it's only about three and a half thousand. That means that the population density works out to about one inhabitant for every four square kilometers. This puts the Falklands in the top three least inhabited autonomous territories on the planet. It's right up there with Greenland and the Svalbard Arctic Archipelago. So what was showing in the original video at this point was a bar chart from the World Bank showing the least densely populated places in the world in descending order from Australia at 3.27 people per square kilometer, Nambia at 2.95, Mongolia at 2.09, and the Falklands at 0.28 people per square kilometer. Only Svalbard at 0.048 and Greenland at 0.025 are less densely populated. Put another way, it's home to more penguins than it is to people. To give you an idea of just how few people that is, picture a football stadium like Wembley. You could fit the entire population of the Falkland Islands into the stadium 26 times over. Apart from being almost uninhabited, they are also known for their ongoing dispute with Argentina, which claims that the islands are part of their own territory. And as Argentina is their closest neighbor, this tense relationship makes the Falkland Islands very isolated indeed. And well, I got us wondering, what exactly drives the Falklands economy? Why are the islands in this controversial tug of war? And can such a small territory survive on its own? Now, what if I told you that the Falklands could become one of the richest territories in the world? Don't believe me? Well, listen up. What do the Falklands live off? Let me ask you a question. Could you name the richest autonomous territory in Latin America right now? You're probably thinking Puerto Rico, or maybe Chile, or Panama. Well, actually, no. With a gross domestic product of more than 60,000 US dollars per capita, the Falklands Islands are the wealthiest territory in Latin America. In fact, we're talking about almost five times the GDP per capita of Argentina. And yes, I know that the Falklands aren't technically a country, but they do have their own governmental institutions and a decent amount of say in the running of the islands. In practical terms, they kind of are a country, and their economy is actually going from strength to strength. 
You see, despite being isolated and practically uninhabited, in the last decade, the islands have averaged an annual economic growth of more than 5% in real terms. And not only that, unlike other Latin American governments, and let's face it, almost all the governments in the world, the local authorities have not only managed to keep the country debt-free, but they also hold reserves, something like a sovereign fund of more than 250 million American dollars. Now, that might not sound like a huge amount of money, but distributed across the tiny population, the government's savings equate to more than $75,000 per inhabitant. Okay, but let's get back to our original question, and that's where did this money come from? And some of you might be thinking right now, well, Simon, come on, the Falkland Islands, they belong to the United Kingdom. Surely they've been heavily subsidizing them, and the public sector's got to be the most significant activity, right? Well, surprisingly, the answer's no, not at all. We have absolutely no doubt about their sovereignty, which has been continuous since 1833. Margaret Thatcher. The Falklands are actually a self-sufficient territory. The United Kingdom only takes care of defense spending and nothing more. And those costs, they aren't that high, and they wouldn't even be necessary if it weren't for the ongoing political conflict over sovereignty. You see, the harsh environment, it made the Falkland Islands relatively poor. So poor that they were probably doomed to be depopulated, but in 1987, all of that changed. The inhabitants of the island realized that they had to create income if they wanted to stay, and so they became business savvy. And when it comes to doing business, the British, they're great role models. It's the most fantastic operation Their way of life is British, their allegiance is to the crown. They are few in number, but they have the right to live in peace, to choose their own way of life and to determine their own allegiance. It is the wish of the British people and the duty of Her Majesty's government to do everything that we can to uphold that right. That will be our hope and our endeavor. The change of rules had been notified at the end of April. This is a typical house. In 1987, the island's local government began to sell licenses to foreign fishing companies, allowing them to operate within the Falklands Maritime Territory. In this way, they began to treat their waters as if they were any other resource. This practice, it's proven lucrative, and the government collects a lot of revenue from it every single year. What's more, Falkland Islanders are very concerned with fishing sustainability, so this source of income isn't about to run out anytime soon. does not end there. Since the 1980s, three things have been very clear to the Falklands government. Firstly, they need to encourage business creation and encourage initiatives. The Falklands inhabitants, who all know each other, need to live off the fruits of their own labor, not from taxes and public spending. Secondly, to make that possible, taxes need to be moderate, and that they are. For one thing, there's no taxes on purchases on the islands, and excise taxes are also low. Petrol is actually cheaper than it is in the United Kingdom. So if a person earns, say, 2,500 American a month, they'll pay a total of $140 per month in taxes, which is less than 6%. And thirdly, the local government not only doesn't need to borrow, they actually have savings. Debt? Well, there's no room on these islands for debt. As you can see from this chart, you could say that the islanders believe in surpluses. Shown on screen is a bar chart from the Falkland Islands Government Treasury Policy and Economic Department. It details government revenue expense and net operating balance from 2006 to 2007 to 2015 to 2016. It clearly shows that revenue has exceeded expense for this period. 
So the Falklands inhabitants, they're not only freed from paying taxes on public debt, the sovereign funds savings accumulate from year to year, which means funds are available whenever public works are needed. For example, they are currently building a new port and expanding the airport. Another benefit to all of this is that there's no unemployment in the Falklands and 90% of working-age people have a job. In recent years, new industries such as tourism and fish farming they have taken off. The economy is doing so well and the work opportunities are so attractive that the government is preparing for an influx of foreign workers which could see the island's population double in the next few years. The downside is being so isolated and with such a small population that Amazon doesn't deliver, the internet is slower than a turtle with arthritis, and of course, unless you like nature, there's not a whole lot to do. But this is all just a taste of what may still be to come, so listen up. Road to Wealth it's clear the Falklands inhabitants have managed their situation very well. This tells us that even in such a small and isolated territory, success is possible when decisions are made based on careful forethought. And it's not as if you have to reinvent the wheel here. There are plenty of cautionary tales to pull from. Let's expropriate the company side tour. But even though things are already going well, the fate of the Falklands inhabitants is about to catapult right into the stratosphere. Check this out. In 1993, the British Geological Center located oil just off the coast of this archipelago, exploitable oil. After years of intense preparation, the project it can now start bearing fruit. Two small British oil companies, Rock Opera Exploration and Premier Oil, are about to start building the infrastructure that will allow the Falkland Islands to produce oil. The forecasts are that they will surpass 80,000 barrels per day in just three years, so they only need the price of oil to remain above $45 per barrel to make this business profitable. 80,000 barrels, it might not seem like a lot, but don't forget, we're talking about a territory with just over 3,000 inhabitants. 80,000 barrels at the current price of 60 US dollars per barrel means an annual income of around $1.8 billion. 9% of that income and 26% of the final profits obtained by the oil companies will go to the local government. We're talking about a number that will probably surpass 200 million US dollars. In public income alone, that equates to about 60,000 additional dollars per inhabitant every single year. And let's not forget about the extra jobs, services, and taxes that are being brought in by this new industry. And this is only the beginning, because exploration is still underway. If things go well, the Falklands' daily production could well exceed 100,000 barrels per day within just 10 years. All in, it's estimated that this archipelago's total exploitable oil reserves could exceed a billion barrels. And if this is the case, in just a few years, these islands could become one of the richest places on the planet. I can assure that one thing will never change, our absolute commitment to the people and sovereignty of the Falkland Islands. Theresa May. Today, the Falklands, they may seem inhospitable, but with employment opportunities, good salaries, low taxes, improved communications, a solid legal framework, hardly any corruption, many civil liberties, and a lot of security, our impression about life on these islands, it might well change, especially when compared to the situation in other countries on the American continent. So folks, that's how things stand today in the Falklands, or as the Argentinians call them, the Malvinas. And of course, apart from the issue of sovereignty, which we looked at in a past video, if forecasts are met, these islands could become a business hub for the southern regions of Argentina. Maybe the time has come to just put old quarrels to rest and share the good fortune.
When I met President Macri earlier this month, becoming the first British Prime Minister to ever visit Buenos Aires, it was a pleasure to focus not just on what separates us, but on what we can achieve together. Theresa May, December 2018. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I apologize for the mobile phone interference. That was in the original video. Um, I think we were on a really tight schedule putting that one out, and so we couldn't do our normal diligence and, and do a re-record on it. Uh, so I apologize for that. I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, please go leave us a review and try to ignore the mobile interference when you think uh, when you when you're doing that and think about this uh, well the content itself which I really hope you enjoyed I'll be back next time with another episode thanks for listening